Welcome to Creature Crunch, the podcast where we take a monster, we scare the bejeepers out of it in order to figure out uh, what parts of it we want to actually use. My name is Matt. And I'm a big stinky tube. And uh, we had a request, as mentioned last time, uh, for the 2001 uh, horror movie Jeepers Creepers. Now, um, I, I had seen this movie back when it came out myself and I ha- uh I hadn't when it came out I did later but I don't I don't remember exactly when I saw yeah. it but I did see it in the early aughts and I don't remember hating it like I I remember kind of enjoying it and it wasn't until I started doing more research afterwards that I realized that this is definitely a movie that is actually oh, could be pretty good on a first watch mm-hmm. but subsequent watches are terrible once you know what's going on then it, it kind of breaks down. So, um, I mean, I know this is a 21-year-old movie at this right. point, but spoilers do kind of matter in this one yeah. if you have an interest. Okay. <laughs> if you have an interest in this movie, personal biases aside, if you have an interest in watching <laughs> this movie, um, I mean, spoilers do matter yeah. for this one. Uh, that being said, like I said, this to me was very much like Underwater where, yeah, subsequent watch-throughs don't hold up no. at all. Um, and, uh, like, I mean, Chris, you hated this movie. I did not have a good time with this movie, no. You didn't have a good time. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. Like, I do have to say that the second half of the movie picks up a lot better, and it's more of an easy sit than the first, like, half of the movie. The first half is grueling. It's pretty rough. Like, once the creeper act, excuse me, once the creeper actually starts doing things like it's a lot better but when you're stuck with those two kids in their fucking car it's insufferable yeah okay so um it, it's pretty bad and like i i this was actually kind of an interesting situation because uh i i didn't enjoy it too much watching it mm-hmm. when i did more research after the fact i started appreciating it more there, like, there's some cool practical effects in it, and, like, the there's some neat set pieces and stuff like that. There, there's a few other things that we'll, we'll get into during my coverage here, but um, but let's let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room first. Um, so, the movie was written and directed by Victor Salva, who is a scumbag of one of the highest qualities. Uh-huh. Uh, he pled guilty to sexually abusing a 12-year-old actor um, on the set of his feature film debut. Clown House. Clown House. Um, Which, from what I hear, I haven't seen it myself because of reasons. Uh, but from what I hear, it's a pretty good slasher. It's a pretty good slasher. Sure. But so, I don't want anything to do with that movie. Right, right. So that's the problem. The, he was, he, he, um, so he pled guilty to this act in 1988. He did serve a prison sentence. He got off on mm-hmm. parole. And since then, he's kept clean. Yeah. Um, and, like, I, okay, it, so... <laughs> it's it's a hard subject to talk about it because is. I mean part of the whole idea like the the concept of the the, the American justice system should be re- reformation. It's not. And, it's punishment. Well, but, it, you're right. You're yeah. right. But I mean, ideally, it should be reformation. Yeah. And when people do serve their sentence and are clean afterwards, that should be a good thing to celebrate. That being said, sexual abuse, especially to a minor, to me, is one of those almost inexcusable act it, like it like you it's it's not like a oh i made a mistake or yeah i i had a lapse in judgment or anything no you fucking knew this was wrong and you did it anyway so it's it's really hard to 
pull away that it is. and it separate really it is. Um, from not, of course, obviously the director, but from this movie. And going in, like when I first when I watched this twenty years ago, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Watching it, watching it now, however, I knew it, and it was just kind of this dark cloud throughout the whole movie. It mm-hmm. was very hard to enjoy, and especially afterwards when I was doing the research on it, like I, I just. Anytime I read Victor Salva's name, it's like, nope, don't like you. Yeah. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, so. You have to believe that people can get better, but it's just so hard to get around that. Like, it's, it's incredibly hard to, especially since we don't know the man. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, he may be a, a better person now. Yeah. I don't care that it is a black blot that I cannot overlook. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of rough, and it did color my um, my enjoyment of this yeah, movie yeah. for sure. Um, I want again, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt until I remind myself that that is trying to give the benefit of the doubt to a convicted pedophile, yeah. and that's not great. That is yeah. really really bad. So, um, I there's no good way to, <laughs> to it's, it's, talk about it no like, there isn't there isn't and i might even have to throw in a i'm, I'm gonna you, have to put a trigger warning at the beginning yeah. of the description of this so i do apologize that i didn't at the top of this but um so now that that's out of the way mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about that um like i said after reading through the like the, the backstories and stuff on this movie i i did start to take an upswing i still wouldn't say i like this movie mm-hmm. but I don't dislike it as much as I did while I was watching it. And yes, it is primarily because like of that. It, it colors the entire movie so much. Just it's the fact rough. that like he did this thing and he had a career afterwards. And like Right, right. That's mm. Yeah, it's not great. It's, yeah, it's it's really, really, really bad. Yeah. Um It's why I can't watch Chinatown or um Rosemary's baby anymore. Like, right. Yeah. There's there's and there's a lot of other like yeah. there's there's examples all over the place. <laughs> Any given Woody Allen movie, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, it's just I don't. Ugh. Anyway, let's let, moving on. Moving on. We mm-hmm. I do want to talk about this movie in the context of this movie. There's just the of, movie. We have just to, the movie. You have to kind of divorce it from the dude, or we're never going to get anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, uh, at at the end of the day, yeah. Fuck, fuck Victor Salva, honestly, and mm-hmm. fuck what he did. Um, but uh, the movie was filmed in Florida, and the heat made it nearly unbearable for him to uh, to be there because at the time he weighed nearly four hundred pounds. Jimbus. Yeah, um, according to what I was what I was reading, which is intense because I I mean I'm pushing three hundred, and I thought and I think that I am not doing great, mm. but. Um, but uh, interestingly, also, thanks to the noisy insects in summertime Florida, uh, in order to do any shoot any scene with dialogue, they literally had to have a cast member fire a gun into the air so that the bugs would stop. Not uncommon sounds bit. in Florida. <laughs> but, um, so we jump in, and uh, one thing that I was interesting, interestingly enough, this movie is not available on Amazon. Nope. <laughs> you cannot find it on Amazon, so... Uh, I was kind of reticent, reticent to uh, to purchase this movie anyway because I don't right. want to support that act, the, the director in right. any way. Um, so fortunately, it was available to uh, to watch for free on Tubi. I am dreading uh, <laughs> I am dreading doing the editing because I'm gonna have to watch all of the commercials ever. Yeah, but 
Tubi seriously has the longest fucking ad breaks of like any of these services. Like, so when I was oh watching this, I tried to watch it in one lump because right. I didn't want to separate Tubi hates it, it out. If you don't. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was funny because like the first few ad breaks were really really long for mm-hmm. me. But then, like, towards the end of the movie, whenever it went to an ad break, I would get one ad. Oh, and really? And it would be right back. It was like, what? They just kept getting longer for me. So, it's like... Yeah. So, like, I did, like, the traditional, like, 90s thing where it's like the ads came on, so I'd get up and do something else for a minute or uh-huh. two. And, like, I'd go and be 30 seconds away, and then I'd hear the movie start again. I'm like, what, what, what the fuck? And just run back in. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. No. <laughs> but, um... So, anyway, uh, we open with a car driving down a country highway. Um, the area, the local area, I didn't make a note of it. It is a fictional county, fictional towns and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is, uh, considered to be in Florida by the fandom. And it's funny because the movie starts with the, you can fade in hearing somebody talking, but the subtitles didn't even tell me what they were saying, which is hilarious because subtitles generally tell me everything being said, including things on like the radio that don't exactly. Yeah. So that was really funny to me. But, um, but, and I even had to check to make sure the subtitles were actually on, but, uh, it turns out these, these two are Trish and Derry. They are, uh, or Darius, they refer to him as Derry, uh, who are, uh, they are a brother and sister. Um, and this is one of the things that started to turn me around towards the end is the, the fact that they were brother and sister and not like a couple Uh or just not related in all was an intentional one to remove any sort of sexual tension that might have come up or the audience might have projected on them. Yeah. So that you could focus more on the events and their survival, which I honestly kind of appreciate. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't see that too terribly often. No, you don't. And and it is something that I do appreciate. I, I enjoy it when movies and media cover relationships that are not romantic. Yeah. Like exploring things that are outside of that. That being said, these two are insufferable towards oh, each other. God, they were annoying. They are so awful. They are constantly bickering for the first twenty minutes of this movie, mm-hmm. um, and, and and it is, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> like I don't get along well with my siblings. Really? Well, not not too much. No, but I mean, even we don't bicker like this. This is mm-hmm. just ugh. Um, but yeah, they they're driving through. Um, they haven't seen a car in miles, or at least that's what Derry says, as they approach a car. Yeah. <laughs> and they're playing a, a license plate interpretation game. Uh, which just reminded me of driving anywhere with my, my grandpa, like, when he was alive. <laughs> and he would shout license plates at us. Yeah, I remember you telling yeah. us about that. I don't know why you would do that, but because when old men don't make noise, they vanish from the face of the earth. As everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> but They just disappear. Um. I mean, and, and I can kind of see, like, the, like, I remember growing up on road trips and stuff, my my cousins and I would, you know, we would try to come mm-hmm. up with license plate games to kind of help pass the time. Um, I don't know how much mileage, pun not intended, that uh, this license plate game would go with, you know, I don't, maybe maybe it's super different in other states, but, in, like, <laughs> like th- this is really geared more towards vanity plates. Yeah, because, like, normally when you play, like, any sort of license plate game like that, it's like, okay, you're going to come up with an acronym for what exactly. it stands for. Because there's usually only three letters or Right, so. and instead they're trying to, like, read the license plate. Yeah, and, like, all of the movies, the examples in the movie we see are vanity plates. Yeah. I don't know how much mileage you're going to get out of that, in, but whatever. Um, so anyway, uh, Trish is played by Gina Phillips. I think it's Gina Phillips. I wrote Gene. I don't think that's correct. Hold on. 
Trish is played by Gina Phillips, who would later reprise her role in the third Jeepers Creepers movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Derry is played by Justin Long, who um, I personally know more right. from Dodgeball, but yeah. uh, I mean, he's been in a few things. Mm-hmm. So, And he's a, he's normally a, a decent actor, kind of that nerdy, yeah. kind of white guy aesthetic. In this, he's just annoying, um, <laughs> at least in the beginning. They're both so annoying. They're, it's... <laughs> um, but uh, as they're driving, a huge truck drives up and starts tailgating them and honking its horn very loudly and intimidatingly and swerving all over the road. And these two freak the fuck out. Like, this this is a through line I've noticed in this movie is everybody seems to have overreactions to things going on, and this is the first example of that. Like, I know if a car drove up on me like that, a big big weird-looking truck, and started tailgating me and honking. Yeah, I'd probably be a little bit nervous and freaked out, but I wouldn't be start screaming and turning my entire body to look at it Ugh. and yelling at my passenger and oh my god. Oh no. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me. Yeah. But um but yeah, they they make a huge deal out of this. Um and eventually the truck does bypass them and they uh and uh Trisha uh and Trish kind of Reminiscence, reminisces about a couple who had died after their prom on this highway. Right. Um, I, I didn't notate their names, but uh, these these two who died, uh, one of them getting, like the girl getting decapitated or something. Derry's like, no, it happened 100 miles away from here. And she's yeah. like, but it was this highway. And it's like, okay. Um, but they continue to bicker and fight. And God, these two kids are annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they stop for a pee, ba- pee break a little bit later and are still arguing about the license plate game. And according to IMDb, Uh-oh. the urine stream that Derry is producing is real. Oh, great. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, IMDb. So they filmed the, this guy taking a piss. Yep. Neat. <laughs> um, it's real fucking neat. Yeah, they get back on the, on the road and then they start having an insulting each other game. Um, and they eventually pass a house and see that truck that tailgated them parking, parked near, uh, and they see some dude dumping what appears to be bodies into a pipe, Mm -hmm. um, which is based or inspired by some real life events where a, uh, I think it was a pastor, uh, was convicted of killing his wife and the way that they found him was, uh, some passing motorists saw him dumping his wife's body into like a sewer pipe. Oh, so okay. this is based like or inspired by a real life event, but, um, and this is our first look at what would become the creeper, the mm-hmm. mo- our monster of the movie, um, which honestly I I kind of dig when you can only see him from a distance and he's just this kind of big looking dude with a big coat and a wide brimmed hat. He's, he's got a, white hair. a neat look. He's got a good silhouette. Yeah, um, and that's important. Mm-hmm. And the creeper is played by Jonathan Breck, who would also reprise his role in the rest of the movies. Okay. Um, although I guess from what I was reading, uh, Salva originally wanted Lance Henriksen to play him. I guess, uh, Salva's worked with Lance Henriksen in the past and in few other movies. So they, they have a mm-hmm. working relationship, I guess. So, uh, I count that as a Lance Henriksen, uh, bingo, uh, bingo hey, stamp yeah. for Creature Crunch this episode. Way to go. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and I guess there was a lot of, a lot of work went into, uh, the creeper here. Um, Jonathan Breck shaved his head for the role uh, <laughs> because he knew that the creeper was 
like had this right. like, scraggly bald. white hair. <laughs> or not bald, but like a... mostly bald. Yeah. Um, and also they didn't have uh, they didn't let Gina Davis Gina Davis fuck uh, they didn't have <laughs> no, Gina, a different person. Yeah, they didn't have Gina Phillips or um, Justin Long like interact with Jonathan Breck on set or offset at all mm-hmm. they wanted him like anytime they interacted with him especially when he was in costume was during shooting right they wanted to preserve that kind of intimidating fear so and we, we've seen that in other movies before mm-hmm. too but as soon as the siblings pass uh, the truck takes to the road again and begins following them and begins rear-ending them like actually ramming into them yeah. until it runs them off the road and they like charge through a fence and they're in like a, not necessarily a field but like a meadow type thing. field yeah field meadow yeah. whatever um, and then it just it just drives off. It just leaves. It just goes away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Derry then decides he wants to go back to where the church. They they want to go. Yeah, yeah. We find out after they get back, it's a church. He wants to go back there to see if the bodies were still alive, because he's like, well, what if it was you? You know, if yeah. some, it was, if somebody was there, and and Trish is like, no, we need to go and call help. Yeah. Uh, they have a cell phone, but it's an old. You it's know, a very it's a, old, like... It's a 2001 cell phone, yes. and it's got no charge. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Trish is like, no, we need to go to the next town and call the police. And it's like, yeah, that's what you do. That's, he's a, like, that's a smart move. And he and Derry's like, no, we need to go back and check to see if they're live. And we're like, Derry, uh, no, you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but he does eventually uh, convince Trish to do so. Again... I don't see why that's a good idea, especially since you are pretty sure that this thing, this guy ran you off the road for seeing what he was doing. Yeah. And he just left. He's going to come back. But uh, whatever. They go back, find out it's a church, uh, and it is covered in just a lot of crows. A lot of crows. So many crows. I don't know why. I don't get the crows thing. Like, Because they're carrion feeders, I guess, I, or can maybe, be. I, don't I mean, know. maybe, but I don't There's know. There's a lot it's of just... elements about this movie that seem like creepy and like interesting like oh there's a bunch of crows and like what the creeper does and stuff like that but they don't come together for anything it's just like here's a bunch of creepy stuff yeah exactly and that's the biggest problem i have with this movie there's a lot that just doesn't add up it's just kind of like look at this creepy thing for the sake of it being creepy yeah yeah uh they look into the pipe they can't really see anything but it just smells really bad (laughs) uh and Derry sends trish to get a flashlight while he calls down to the pipe and he thinks he hears somebody calling back. We, mm-hmm. we hear something, some noise. So he decides to climb into the pipe while Trish holds his feet. It, like, again, I can't imagine a scenario where, like, if I was in Derry's shoes, like, I would not be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> but um, even if I knew, like, even <laughs> separating the fact that, like, you know, like, he doesn't know he's in a horror movie. This is still a bad idea. Yeah. Tr- Trish even calls him out on it and does the whole, like... The, the, I think it was a big trend, especially in at that time period, where the characters were aware of the trope, like the horror tropes. Yeah, it's the the scream. Scream like, capitalized yeah, on that, yeah. but so she scream, does that like a completely bit. changed the horror landscape for a long time. Yeah, it did. And you you get a lot of this effects too. When did scream? Because scream predates this. I know. I want to say it's ninety eight, but I'm not hundred percent positive of that one. Ninety six. You 96. were close. You were close. Yeah, Scream definitely changed that up, and this one takes elements from that for mm-hmm. sure. But then as she's lowering him into the pipe, Trish complains about the smell of his socks. Yeah. Wh- <laughs> it's like, why? I thought the pipe smelled bad. Whatever. Um, I thought it smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> uh, 
And then uh, Derry thinks he sees something moving, and it turns out it's rats. Yeah. And he, again, freaks the fuck out. Yeah, just panics. Again, like, such an overreaction. Like, again, maybe he might have a phobia of rats. It's not brought up in the movie. It's not mentioned, hinted at, or brought up again. So I'm unwilling to give him that. But, like, he's kicking his feet and screaming and wiggling. He's, like, doing everything he can to make Trish let go. It's like, oh, my God. So Trish lets him go. He falls in and hits the ground, and he loses his shoe. And um, I I also noted at this point in the movie, we have heard Derry's name about a dozen times. That's because Trish keeps shouting it. But we have not heard Trish's name. No. Derry just keeps calling her sis and stuff. I had to look it up to see what it was at this point. And then, like, we get her name dropped, like, shortly thereafter, but whatever. Um, He lands in this pit where the bodies aren't somehow. I don't know how that physics works. Um, and he blames her for dropping him despite him kicking like a ninny in the face of the rats. Yeah. Um, then he notices one of the bodies. He looks over there. They're, you know, wrapped in, in these bags like, or like sheets or yeah. something. Yeah. Wrapped, wrapped in sheets, tied up There's blood stains all over them. Um, and, uh, he, he goes over, nudges the body with its foot and we get a, a leg grab jump scare. As the, as the body grabs a hold of Derry's ankle. It's a boy. Congrats. Have a cigar. <laughs> um, he start, The boy starts clutching at his chest, like, through the uh, mm-hmm. the bag, and, and Derry rips open the sack, and he sees that this boy has a wild stitched-up scar sewn up his belly, and the boy dies. Yeah. And this is the second example of creepy shit that doesn't make sense it, in the long run. Like they play with a little because there's some taxidermy stuff later on. A little bit. A little bit, little but not bit. enough to make it like a reoccurring thing. It's just like more creepy stuff happened. Right. So, um I guess spoilers for the head of the movie. Like we learn later on that the the, the creeper's whole shtick is that it eats parts of people to gain that part. Yeah. Or something like that. Which I get. Like okay, yeah, that's that's cool. Like somebody even mentions like he's he's eaten so many hearts that it's hard to make him stop beating. Right. Okay, okay, that's kind of an interesting concept. Why is he sewing people back up I, yeah. after he eats them? I don't... <sighs> whatever. Um, and what did he eat out of there? Did he, was he, like, shy an intestine or something? Maybe. See, that part I don't doesn't bother me. Yeah. Like, he had to get something out of there, sure. I don't know why he bothered sewing this kid back up, but... Yeah. Like, um, if he only eats stuff that he needs, and, like, you can assume he's eating extra hearts to be redundant or whatever... Like, why does he keep eating people, then? Does he just keep getting bashed up a lot and need to replace his parts? Or yeah, I mean, maybe maybe this is like... <laughs> okay, so... They go bad? Well, maybe it's like the real world. Like, predators burn a lot of energy capturing their prey. Right. And so when they eat it, they have to... They regain that energy and then a little bit, then some. Maybe the creeper's the same way. He gets... I mean, we see him get bashed up pretty bad in this well, movie. Well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he has to eat... You know, maybe depending on the previous hunt. I don't know. Is the or, creeper really bad at his job? He might be. He very well might be. <laughs> if he just gets the shit kicked out of him every time he goes to do this. Well, I mean, I've got I've got notes on that later as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> either that or... I don't know, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they spend enough time talking about what the creeper does that it's a thing. Like, it's a, yeah. a capital T thing in the movie. Uh-huh. It, that doesn't mean it makes sense, though. Like that's that is a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Well, I mean, we learn later in the movie that the creeper does this every twenty three years, so that it does indi- um, indicate that this thing is 
probably ancient. Yeah. And well, organ, human organs probably don't last that long. I don't know what the creeper's Matt, doing in the mid-time. Matt, Matt, but... Matt, I'm 38. I have not had to replace any of my organs. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that if, if, he, he, if he, let's say he eats a heart in like the 1920s. Uh-huh. And then, you know, right. 90 years later, 80 years later, 100 years later, that heart's probably not going to be good anymore. <laughs> I'm not saying he has to eat the same part every 28, 23 years. <laughs> I'm not saying that, Chris. <laughs> like, but what, it, like, I, like I said, they spend enough time on him that it's, you're supposed to understand why he does what he does. But if you think about it for even a moment, it's just like. It does start breaking down. It starts collapsing like a house of cards. <laughs> and I was looking into stuff about Sil- uh, Salva and he says like, oh, I make movies that you're better, like, f- that are adventure movies that you're not supposed to take seriously. Sure. And that's the same sort of excuse that people say when when critics watch their movie and don't like it, and they say, "Oh, it's not for you." Yeah, yeah. I didn't see any of that. Like, I, I didn't look into too much of the criticisms behind uh-huh. that. Um, I can easily see that being the excuse. Yeah, and it's just like, no, yeah, on, no. I mean, when you that works for certain things, but when you do try to explain things in your movie, yeah, then you you, you can't you can't have that cake and eat it too. Like if. It would have been... It's one of those things where explaining it makes it worse. Yeah. If they would have had just had this big creepy guy, he eats stuff out of these corpses, and we don't know why. We have no idea why. Right. And they could even keep, like, he's replacing parts of himself as part of the backstory, like, at the end of the movie. Right, right, right. They could keep that in the movie, mm-hmm. but they don't have to explain it. And when you see this, like, what the hell is this thing doing? Like, right. it's operating on this alien logic that makes no sense to us. But because you don't try to explain it, it works would work so much better. Right, and it would it would leave a lot more speculation for the fans. Yeah, and I mean that would be a really good note drop at the end of the movie too, where it's like, oh shit, he has his eyes. Like, yeah, yeah. spoilers, but um, yeah, that would be really cool. So no, I, I definitely agree with you that the, the there's a lot of over explaining going mm-hmm. on, um, but not enough to make it make sense. No, like no. It just, it, the over-explaining creates more plot holes. Yeah, yeah. So. It's very frustrating. But, um, uh, so after this kid dies, uh, Derry starts freaking out, um, yells to tell Trish to run to the road and flag down the first mm-hmm. car she can see, but if she sees the the, the creeper's truck, uh, to obviously get, in, her, get yeah. in the car and drive away, run away, let him know first, you know, scream down as loud as you can, he says. Um, which is, you know what? There you, that's better advice. You know, he's going to do that while, or she's going to do that while he tries to figure out a way out of this. Shouldn't have just been there in the first place, but hey, it's whatever. True. But yeah, I know. It's like, I guess you were right. There was a body alive down here. No, your it's pre- not. Your presence, because you have no medical training, didn't amount to anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing. He's like, you know, if, if somebody's alive down there, they may need our help. It's like. Yeah, what are you going to do? What, what, yeah, what help are you going to provide? You mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> whatever. Um. And then, uh, then he starts noticing some of the other things in the in the cellar. Uh, there are a lot more bodies, a bunch of equipment. Uh, w- looks like embalming equipment. Or yeah, something. yeah. It's um, more like for the taxidermy type yeah. stuff. And 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 all this, everything's filled with cobwebs. Um, uh huh. And there's a bunch of like religious carvings and things. Which this is again, this is this scene really is the example of all of the creepy stuff that right. doesn't amount to anything. Yeah. Why is it's there like, religious iconography there? Like right. Right, and I mean, we see carvings of what turns out to be the creeper, mm-hmm. 
but it's like, why are they there? Who did that? Yeah, who did that? Why is the why does the creeper dump the bodies into this in, down cellar? The he doesn't go down there. Clearly, there's cobwebs no. everywhere. Everything's yeah. dirty and stuff. But then, um, like, Derry notices his shoe is untied. He, he and he starts to tie it, and it takes him an awful long to tie an uh-huh. awful long time to tie one. Um, but then something, you know, he gets some embalming fluid dripping on his foot, and he notices that there are what appear to be bodies or mannequins affixed to the walls and the ceilings. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I couldn't tell at the time when I was watching this, I couldn't tell if they were actually supposed to be bodies or mannequins. Oh. I mean, obviously, you're not going to, for the for the purposes of the movie, they're not going <laughs> for shooting the movie, they're not going to put people on the walls. They're going right. to use mannequins. But, like, in context of the movie, like, they didn't look like real bodies to me. Oh. <laughs> they <laughs> looked like mannequins. They didn't bother me, like. Okay. So that was just me then. Um, but, again... If the creeper does what he does, as explained in the movie, why is he decorating the cellar with these bodies like this? And we finally get a a good look at a couple who were sewn, like, nailed to the wall, who were holding hands and kind of sewn together. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, oh, these are supposed to be real bodies. Um, And Derry realizes when he's looking at them that this is the couple that got killed in that car wreck years ago. And, her, and, like, the girl's head was decapitated, and it was sewn back on. Why, though? The, the, the thing that I kind of interpreted from this is they found her decapitated body. Okay. And that's how they knew that what had happened, like, she's, she's dead, and uh-huh. this is someone else's body that she's sewn to. Oh, I hadn't thought yeah. about that. Because I think Derry even says at one point, like, he got her a new body or something like that. Okay, I didn't catch that. Because that, that did drive me nuts, too. Because when, when like, Derry's talking about Trish a little bit later in the movie, yeah. it's like, and he's telling him, like, oh, this is where that couple went. It's like, well, then how the fuck did they know that they got died yeah. and got decapitated? But that that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so. I think that's what's supposed to Maybe. have happened. But still, why would the creeper I don't do know. that? I don't know. <laughs> Make no sense. So, um, meanwhile, um, the truck, we, we see Trish waiting by her car, the car on the road, and we see in the distance in the background, the truck is returning. And she takes a horrendously long time to notice it. She's not doing a good job of keeping an eye out. Um, and then, she, so when she does finally notice it, she runs back into her car and starts to try to drive away, but she can't drive stick, apparently. And uh, <laughs> Isn't this supposed to be her car? It is her car. Okay. I, she mentions later on that the gears stick. Oh, okay. Derry doesn't seem to have any issues with it. Yeah. I don't know why she's having so much trouble with it, but um, it, it's a through line in the movie that I I do remember from the first time. Like it's one of the things that I remember in the beginning of the or uh, from back when I watched this originally. Every time that I accidentally grind my gears in my car, I think about this movie. But um, but yeah, she she tries to drive away, but she can't. And the truck passes. Oh, it's it's not actually the creepers truck. Mm-hmm. It's a different truck, which she does a bad job of flagging down for help. Good job, Trish. Um, and then Derry gets to the car and gives her a scare. And she screams an awful lot for yeah. it. Again, a huge, a hugely disproportionate amount. Um, but she does drive away and Derry is just traumatized by what he has seen. Uh, they end up making it to a diner to gas up. Now, this diner was actually a set made for the movie. Oh, yeah, really? Mm-hmm. And, but it was so convincing that motorists would kept frequently stopping there to try to get gas and food while they were filming. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> uh, 
Um, also, the diner is called The Opper, which is named after Barry Opper, uh, who's the producer of Critters. Hey. And he worked on this movie as well. He, oh, you know, okay. He, like, co-produced or something like that. Okay. But um, while they're there, they see the Creeper's truck pass the diner, and uh, they quickly go inside, and the diner in the middle of... This diner that's in the middle of nowhere is fucking packed. There's so many people there. <laughs> like, this is a hot spot. Yeah, but, really. Uh, and then Trish just kind of, like, asks the entire room, like, Derry's really, like, his shirt's tore up, his, he's dirty, he's clearly not doing well. And she's like, hey, call the police. And everybody just kind of gives her this look, like, this deer-in-the-headlights <laughs> look. The waitress even responds with a very, like, kind of confused and almost reluctant to do anything. She's like... I, I need you to please call the police. The police? <laughs> like, oh, my God. These kids are clearly in distress. Call the fucking cops for them. Yeah. But whatever. Um, and then we get a pay, payphone jump scare as the payphone ringing in this crowded diner scares the kids and they react, overreact to it. The The cook or the owner or whoever wants them to answer it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they do. And, and, it, and on the other line, it's it's this older woman who seems to know who they are. She's calling them by name, pointing out, like, Derry's condition, like, even mentioning, like, the cut on his shirt mm -hmm. and stuff. She asks, she wants to know if they've seen the cats yet, and that she's seen them with a lot of cats. Have you seen the cats yet? You and your brother. Me and my brother. You and Derry, I saw you with lots of cats. It's like, what is going on? It's a very confusing phone call. Uh-huh. Um... And she even says, like, you found its house of pain. You found its house of pain. What? Like, this is a great way for you to endear yourself on these kids, lady. Um, she calls this the creeper a demon or a devil and that it will hunt them. I don't know if it's a demon or a devil. Or just some hungry thing from some dark place in time. And wants them to really think about its license plate. Yeah. And becomes very, very frustrated when he keeps repeating it. Like, so we saw as they passed, they did the license plate game with his truck and it said what he interpreted as beating you. Mm -hmm. And she gets really upset at him. She's like, no, think about the license plate. He's like beating you. And she's like, no, son, think about it. Yeah. I saw that awful truck too. Huh? With the license plate. Oh, beating you? The license plate on its truck. Right, beating you? No, think about it. Think about it, for Christ's sake. What does this have to do with anything? Be eating you. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So I remember that the first time I watched this movie. Yeah. I don't remember catching it the second time when they come to that realization. I don't think they ever do. The I remember that being a thing that oh. they come up to in the first... Like, when I first watched this uh -huh. movie 20 years ago, I remember them making oh. that connection. And I've when I was looking online and researching this, it says they do. Oh. But I didn't see it in I this movie. Catch it, I didn't they... catch it. So I don't know if it was edited out for some reason or I, don't I just know. blinked and missed it. But yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah. It's almost as clever as uh, Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> spelled with the. Um, oh, God. How is it spelled? Uh, N0S4A2. Yep. That's right. Okay. <laughs> and then. Like, when she she gets so frustrated with him not knowing what this license plate means that she's like, no, just listen to this. And then she makes him listen to the song Jeepers Creepers yeah. on, a, on, a, like a, on a record. And it's like, what the hell is this woman on? And tells him that if he hears this song, he needs to run. And 
he hangs up on her. Because of course you would. Mm-hmm. And again, this is another thing where it's like later on when we learn out, we learn who this woman is and why she's giving him this information. It's like, lady, you are doing this so wrong. You are not giving them the information they need. You are not helping in any way. You're just yeah. being cryptic for the sake of being cryptic. Yeah, yeah. And that's her entire purpose in the movie. Yep. Um, so uh, that night, the police get there. Um, they're talking to the state police and. Uh, Derry suddenly very concerned that Trish might not, might not believe what he saw down there. And the cops also don't seem to believe him. And Derry is like super worried about them all thinking he's crazy. Despite the fact that the cops said that they are already sending someone out to the church. Right. It's like, why are you so worried about this? They will find it. Ugh, whatever. Um, and while they're there, uh, the entire diner suddenly becomes very interested with something going on outside of the diner. Yeah, yeah. And we learned that it was their car being ransacked. Uh, their Derry's dirty laundry. Is that your laundry. car out at the pump? Yeah, and Derry's then... laundry is just strewn about. And it's like... And he wrote his, under, his name in his underwear. <laughs> his name is on his underwear, <laughs> yes. But it's like, I don't know why these people... Like, this is... This diner and these people at this diner are baffling. Like... <laughs> The the uh, the waitress at least is like, you know, uh, she she tells him that she saw a man sniffing his laundry laundry and, um, really liking it too. And it's like, okay, now this is kind of really creepy, but, and again, like these people are just overreacting to the situations at hand. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah. She <laughs> the waitress asks one of the patrons, which way he run off, Binky? His name is Binky. Someone's name is Binky anyway. He's got, it's credited in IMDb. Oh, it's is hilarious. it really? Yeah. God. Yeah. Binky is... Patrick Cherry is his name. Okay. But, Good for him. But that's his name in this movie, Binky. Anyway. Um, so, like, they're they're looking at the car. They discover that someone dusted the car handle for prints already. Which, well, is, which is a weird thing. Like... I think it, it it's less that somebody dusted... They, they say that somebody dusted the prints because there's something... On the handle. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be something that the creeper is, like, secreting or dusting off of him. Right. Or... Well, in, in a in a very, like, really soon we learn that that they, they say that the dust was mostly long-dead human flesh. Yeah. Which so I'm pretty sure is what dust mostly is anyway, but yeah, that's yeah. neither here nor there. But it's like, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's a weird... Again, creepy through line that I don't think pans out. I mean, it's a little bit closer to the I, mark, but... Yeah, it it it's in reference to the fact that he has to keep eating stuff to, like, rep- replenish himself. But it's... I don't know. It just yeah. doesn't land. No. Um, but then uh, we hear a flapping of wings and, like, a shadow or something pass over, and Trish kind of looks up in the air. And that's a scene that I appreciate, because that is foreshadowing to what's... Mm-hmm. Well, not even foreshadowing, but hinting at what the creeper actually is. But like, the first time you watch this movie, you would miss it. You would know. Yeah. I, you wouldn't even pay any attention to this. Of course, the second time I'm watching through this movie, it's like, oh, I know it just happened, mm-hmm. and that's one of the. I, I appreciate that. That's a nice little touch. In fact, um, because I'd seen this movie, you know, 20 years ago, I had completely forgotten that the fact that the creeper was not human oh. was not really on the forefront. Yeah, yeah. Like I had completely forgotten about that. So. Um, so this is kind of a nice little subtle thing that I, I really enjoy. And uh, at this point, like, Derry realizes that it's that guy. He must have gone back to the church 
discovered what you know that Derry had seen and come back and he's like Derry starts wondering like how the hell did he get back to the church and back here to the diner so damn fast but uh they they start driving they i guess the they're gonna drive to the church with the i don't know where the cops are taking them the cops are following them i don't i don't know but the cops are uh we learned that the the uh, church is on fire yeah it's being burned down and then Derry hears um on the radio like trish starts thumbing through the radio and uh, he hears uh, the word, you know, the, uh, he hears the Jeepers Creepers lyrics pop up on the radio. And he's, you know, immediately starts freaking out. He, he turns, tunes it back to it. And then he cranks it up for some reason. I don't. And expl- and begins explaining that that point that the woman on the phone told him about the song. Um, I didn't realize this, but this is a, evidently a part of the song Peekaboo and not actually the Jeepers Creepers song. It just okay. has parts of the Jeepers Creepers lyrics in it, but sure. whatever. And but anyway, so this like he it takes him a long time to tell Trish about this song and what the woman said, partly because he has to now yell over the radio that he turned up. Um, and this is when like we we keep cutting back and forth between their car and the cops, and this is when we learn that the cops are like they they learn that the 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 dust is dead skin. Yeah. And then something lands on their truck. It's a man. There's a man standing on their truck. It, it ends up pulling out the lady cop through the window and then sticks its hand through the roof, pulls the dude cop's up, head up out of the, uh, the hole and cuts it off with an axe. Do we see him use the axe at any other point in the movie? No. Okay. Just he doesn't, like There's a scene later on where he drops knives and stuff, but we don't ever see him use weapons other than this one okay. scene. Um, he throws the head onto the hood of Darian and Trish's car, and they again have a huge overreaction as they scream and slam on the brakes, but also turn the wheel and sp- spin out, and it's just a huge mess. Um, they, they end up stopping, they come to a stop, and they get out of the car to try to check on the cops, and Trish sees the, cop, the dude cop's head on the road, and there's a man sitting in the front seat of the, the patrol car, and he... He slowly climbs out and is whistling the Jeepers Creeper song for reasons. Yeah. Uh, he walks over to the head, gives it a good sniff, and then he starts making out with it. And it's real gross and really uncomfortable. But then, oh no, he's not making out with it. He's actually biting the tongue out. Why? Who can say? <laughs> yeah. So, um,. Yeah, um, they, they, the kids run back to the car, Trish can't handle the stick shift again, and, but eventually they do peel out, and we get some better looks of, at, like, the Creeper's makeup and mask, and honestly, in these scenes, it looks like a really bad Halloween mask. It does, it looks very plastic. It's not good. Like, later on, we get some better scenes of the, mm-hmm. of the creature, and the makeup there is good. These are just bad. It doesn't come together. Um, <laughs> Which is a lot of this movie. It just doesn't <laughs> come together. Uh, Trish drives away and uh, eventually stops in front of an old house on the side of the road. Uh, they head up to try to use its phone, and there's an old woman who lives there who says she doesn't have a phone, but she does have a lot of cats. A lot of cats. She's the cat lady. Yep. Uh, the power goes out on her house, which also apparently shuts down the wind. 
the power shuts off and then it shows like the weather vane and like oh. there's a little like lawn ornament of uh like a, a windmill lawn ornament and they both stop oh yeah it turned <laughs> off her fans <laughs> and uh then we see the creeper standing in front of this woman's scarecrow and she comes out with a shotgun and uh when he begins to move like she starts threatening him like get off my property and he makes a move and she shoots him and he explodes <laughs> Did you catch that? Like <laughs> she shoots no. the shotgun and he just explodes. It's, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and then something goes onto her house and into the roof. Um, and she, you, you hear all of her cats start screaming and freaking out. So she runs in to, to help her cats. Uh, Derry tries to stop her. He's like, you know, you're gonna get hurt. So she hits him in the in the gut or the crotch with her the butt of her gun, and runs back inside. Um, she. We, we see we hear a couple gunshots and then uh, it makes me wonder how many shells her gun actually holds. Maybe she reloaded. But then she's at the door again. She comes out kind of like like shadowed. And mm-hmm. You just see her. And it's like okay, we know what's going on. Come on. Yep. Just do it. Yeah. Just oh come no, on. It's, it's she's being held up by the creeper. Yep. Uh, the kids jump into their car and start to drive away, but Trish can't stick shift again. So um, so the creeper jumps onto the hood of their car. And they back up, like, I guess she says that it's stuck in reverse. So she backs up real quick, and he does this cool flip and starts walking back and forth in front of the car. I don't know why. I don't know. Um, Derry wants her to hit him with the car, so she, she does finally get the stick shift right and drives at him. And he runs over her car, yeah. kind of matrixes over it. So, like, after that didn't work, she reverses and tries to do it again and he does it again but yeah she she reverses at him and then he runs over the car again this is some dumb looney tune shit <laughs> chris i didn't like this part this was so stupid um but then we get to the part where that i actually do kind of like because she she pretends that she can't you know shift, shift yeah. again she starts grinding the gears intentionally so the creeper thinks that it's stuck and so he starts running it like starts walking towards her and then she puts right. it in the gear and runs over him, which causes him to like, he, he hits the, he, she, the car hits him and he rolls over it. And that's when we get the knives. Or he doesn't roll over. I think he pops into the air. That's when uh-huh. we get the knives drop and he lands behind their car and she backs over him and then she drives over him again. Then she backs over him uh-huh. again. And I'm like, okay. I relate to that. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're going to do it, like just keep doing it. Uh-huh. Derry makes her stop for some reason. And, uh, and they're looking and the, uh, the creeper is like turned to ash or something. Like he's really crushed and like turned to almost to dust. Like his leg is dust and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly he grows a cartoon wing and it flaps feebly. (laughs) Um, so now Derry is okay with her running over him one more time for good measure. Um, I guess during filming, the speedometer of the car that they were using was broken and it didn't work properly. Oh, good. And the stunt woman driving accidentally drove too fast and ended up hitting the stuntman playing the creeper. Oh, jeez. And he was seriously injured afterwards. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I guess Salva almost uh, evidently ended up quitting filmmaking at that point. Um, But, I mean, he didn't, clearly. Yeah. I guess he he visited the guy in, in the hospital and... The guy talked him back into going back, but apparently it was a big incident. Um, but then we cut to the police station. The, the kids get over there, and uh, they're the, we have a really weird and pointless little 
exchange where a couple cops are bringing in uh, what we learn is an, an auto uh, a, a car a, thief a car thief yeah named Roach. And when uh, and they're disappointed in his choice of vehicle. Yeah, they're disappointed. The 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 uh, the, the, um, the sergeant gives them hell about this choice of vehicle, and asks him something. And his Roach's response is, "Well, why don't you come over here and find out, Big Daddy?" And then he gives the cop the officer a smooch and a wink. Mm-hmm. It's so bizarre. But uh, we find Trish and Derry calling their parents, and a woman named Giselle, uh, who is apparently a psychic and dreamed of the kids finding what they had found. She's the one who was on the phone. She shows up and uh, starts talking to him. She's played by Patricia Belcher, who honestly should be in a better movie than this <laughs> and is usually cast in shows and movies as government officials and receptionists and usually with a comedic spin. So, like, right. I think she does a damn good job in this movie. She does, I think. She does fine for what she's given, but I, it's, it's just... She, the character's written bad, Yeah, but she does a pretty good job of acting in this. And I, I really wish that she had gotten better roles than this. But, uh, and this is where we find out that every 23 years, for 23 days, this the creeper is active and hunts and eats. It gets to eat. I don't know what it's doing for those 23 years. Um, and I guess, the, from what I understand, the reason why it's 23 days is um, because 2 divided by 3 is .666 repeated forever. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's the only reason that it's 23. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, and this is where we, like, from Giselle, we get a lot of the lore dump mm-hmm. about this thing. This is where we learn that it eats parts of people to basically get their powers. It eats, it eats the, yeah, it, it just eats people, like we were saying. It eats their hearts or whatever. and Or she, the way Giselle says it, like, you know, it, it, it eats lungs so we can breathe. And eyes so we can see. And in order to determine what it wants from certain people, because it does want the cream of the crop, it doesn't want to just eat anybody, it wants to eat the, the best parts of certain right. people. And in order to figure out what parts those are, it has to scare them because that's where how it can smell them to determine if they have something it wants to eat. Because it can, it can smell fear and it's so fucking stupid. It, it, yeah, like it it's a hat on a hat. Like it's uh-huh. just too much, and it does nothing with what it already had. So right. But this is really where the spoilers of the movie kind of come in and what makes the first viewing better than any other viewings. Yeah. The first time you're watching this, you don't know any of this information. And you don't know, like, we learned that the Creeper is basically after one of these kids. Mm-hmm. We don't know, we're not supposed to know which one. And throughout the movie, it's supposed to be like, they foreshadow and heavily suggest that it is Trish. The spoiler being that it's not. Yeah. And when you're watching it, this, like any a subsequent time knowing that, it, it does remove a lot of that tension and drama and that gravitas from it. It's just kind of like, yeah, we know, whatever. Um, Because, I mean, there's a point where, like, Derry is asking her, which one is it? And she looks over to Trish. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like, oh, she's looking at her to give a hint. But instead, it's more of like, a, I don't want to tell him because... Yeah. Like, it, it, it's one of those things where, like, that little like kind of subversion is I like that. It's pretty good. Any subsequent viewings, it's ruined though. But um the power goes out at the, the police station and the uh one of the cops, the uh oh god, I don't know his 
position. Yeah, cop. Uh, yeah, cop, jailmaster, whatever. Heads down to the cells to do a head count, and he finds the creature, the, the creeper, in one of the cells eating an inmate. Yeah. And it, like, bent the bars and mm-hmm. to get in there. and Yeah. Um... And this time, from here on forth, when we see the creeper, it's no longer wearing the coat and stuff. Yeah. I, I guess because it got messed up in the... When it got ran whatever. over. <laughs> yeah, it got ran over. And now it's just eating this inmate because it needs to regenerate its, like, limbs and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. and it's, we do specifically see it, like, eating this guy's hand or arm. Um, but I guess the original design of the creeper was supposed to have it have male genitalia. But Great. Francis Ford Coppola, uh, who is a producer for the film and apparently mentor to Salva... Uh-huh. Uh, he and the the uh, the set designer Brad Parker talked Salva out of this choice. Well, that's good, I guess. Yeah. Which again, knowing Salva's history, it really makes this. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it. That's all I'm saying. Um, the cop shoots at the creeper, and whether he, he like it doesn't look like he hits it, but I guess it's supposed to be implied that he does, and it's just not doing anything. But doesn't matter. Um, Meanwhile, the rest of the police station is getting ready. Like, they're getting into lockdown. Sarge wants to put the kids in a holding cell for safety, but Jez starts singing Jeepers Creepers, <laughs> saying that she heard the song playing on an old phonograph while one of the, one of the kids was screaming, which is why they're supposed to run. I, I don't know. Like, lady, come on. Quit being cryptic for the sake of being cryptic. Yeah. Uh, we learned that the Sarge's name is Tubbs. This is Tubbs. Go ahead. Sure is. <laughs> Sergeant Tubbs. Uh, and he gets radioed that something is happening, and the entire police station mobilizes. They, like, go over to the stairwell, uh, and they're aiming down, and they're waiting for something to come up. Or what they, you know, they're whoever's infiltrated the police station. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They, I don't know what the cops are thinking at this point. One of the cops, like, walks over and checks the stairwell uh, as they're getting weird reports from downstairs as to what's going on. And he turns his back on the stairs, because of course he does. And he's attacked from above slash behind, and the creature pulls his heart out through the back of his chest. Leaving a nice big hole. Yep, big hole that we get to look through. Um, the other cops start don't start shooting at the creeper until it is well out of sight. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jez and the, uh, uh, the kids are trying to get out of the police station, and they find an exit that is locked. And they theorize that it locks automatically in a power outage. Because that's safety. <laughs> You look like your dragon, Chris. I'm tired, and this movie made me grumpy. <laughs> Derry accuses Jez of knowing which one of the siblings that the creature wants, um, and that's where we get that scene. Uh, she doesn't want to tell them for some reason, and he, then he starts wanting to know if her dreams are ever wrong, and, and she, she starts and he smushes her face. He smushes her face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets her. He gives you the ghoulish smoosh. <laughs> I know, but this is another thing. It's like she she is reluctant to answer this question. It's like clearly indicating that no, her dreams are always right. Right? Yeah, yeah. Then why the fuck did she even try? Or it, why is she hiding information? Why yeah. doesn't she just tell them? Oh my god! It's just yeah, it's bad writing for the sake of horror. Yeah, and that is not good. And I hate to say it, why is this character in the movie at all? To be weird and creepy, and yeah. to give like us the everything exposition. else. Like, she, everything else. She's there to tell us what's going on. Yeah. Which, which is which is the detriment to this movie. Which we've already discussed makes the movie worse. Yep. Yeah, no. If, like, as much as I like her as an actress in uh-huh. this, if her, if she was taken out of this movie, it would be a better movie. It's, yeah, which is a shame, but it's yep. just... 
Um, it's bad. Uh, while they're having this pointless moment, the creature shows up in a very goofy-ass way. It just pops around the corner. Pops around the corner, like, halfway up the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, loony, like, like freaking Scooby-Doo shit. <laughs> yeah. Something. Um, and then, uh, the, the, so the, the kids run away, and it jumps out, and Jez drops to her knees and begins praying, and it attacks her. Kind of. It just kind of manhandles it, her. And... Yeah. It just... It's just sort of creepy. Touches all over her. Touch, touches her face. Yeah. Pulls her head back. I think it sniffs at it. There's supposed to be an underlying theme of this thing smelling. Yeah. Because especially in these scenes, we do see that its eyes are clouded. Yeah. We, and, and that comes back. And I think that's a nice touch. I don't much care for the idea of this thing, this, what we uh, up until recently have perceived as a man smelling everything. That's really <laughs> creepy. That's unfortunate. But, um, but yeah, it, it leaves her alive for reasons. I guess it's not the one she wants. And, like, if she's having these dreams that are prophetic, wouldn't it want to eat her brain or whatever and gain prophetic dreams? Like, well, maybe maybe she's not scared enough for it to smell that. I don't know. She seems pretty scared. <laughs> well, yeah, but it didn't honk its horn at her. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, though. Like, it should totally want to eat her brain to... Ugh, whatever. Trish and Derry search for another way out of the police station, so they head to the second floor. And, uh, like, while Derry is trying to open up a window on the second floor, uh, we have a very weird and uncomfortable moment with a two-way mirror. Yeah. Where where uh, Trish is standing at this mirror, and we see from the other side the creepers on the other side and putting its face up against it and its hand up there. Yeah. It's being real creepy. I don't... Uh, although I guess uh, in the scene there's a portion of its arm, or we can see its arm where there's a portion of a tattoo on its hand. Oh. And uh, the other portion of that two tattoo is seen on the inmate's hand that it was eating. Oh, I didn't Again, it, I that. didn't catch it. This is what I was reading after okay. the fact. But, um, and I was going to load it up again to double check, but I didn't want to watch 200 ads in order to do that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have to take the internet's word for it. But, I mean, that's a nice little attention to detail. Brings up a lot more questions to me, but whatever. When Jez is initially talking to Derry on the phone, and he, she mentions that he has a tattoo of, like, what is it, a rose or something? Something on his belly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he mentions that, and I thought that that was what the creeper wanted. Wanted <laughs> to eat his tummy and get his tattoo. That would be a way better movie in a way different way. <laughs> because, like, she says, like, oh, it eats from... It eats what it wants. For, like, it, it senses special things in people and gets them. And it's like, okay, what do these kids have that's special about them that it can't right. get from just anybody? And it's like, oh, okay, that, you know, he's got a, a tattoo. And the, the the creeper wants the tattoo or something. Okay, so I know that they're rebooting uh, Jeepers Creepers, or they've already They already did, it. yeah. Um, it came I, out this year, I think. Okay, I, I, I'm not overly familiar with it. I've not seen I, them past the second. But um, I want a movie where the creeper is hunting somebody for their tramp stamp. There you go, yeah. <laughs> that's what I want it's got to eat ass to <laughs> God, Chris, you and I should write movies. We would write way better movies. It wouldn't go well, Matt. Oh, it would go so well. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just this weird, creepy scene with this two-way mirror. And then it bursts through the door around the... Like, it moves around, bursts through the door, and grabs the kids. And then there's a lot more weird sniffing going on. And then it licks Trish for some reason. I don't know. Why is any of this happening? Um, but then we finally get the, the shoe drop as it throws Trish away. 
Um, and the cops all show up in their riot gear. Which, I mean, okay, finally a response yeah. that feels necessary. But, uh, And then the creeper grows these weird head frills and screams. So who did eat to get those? <laughs> the, okay, so I guess the fan theory is that that is, like, the original part of the original creeper. Oh, okay. And its face and everything else is just from what it ate. Okay. What about the wings, then? <laughs> Probably the same thing, unless it just really likes chowing, on, chowing down on bats. Yeah. Although, then again, if that were the case, it would have a little bunch of tiny bat wings. Yeah, tiny bat wings. Oh, that would be a so much better design. <laughs> this is like kind of like bat uh, wings on its back. Namor in uh, Wakanda Forever. He's got his little winglings. <laughs> little wing, little ink, inklet wings. <laughs> but, yeah, he screams. <laughs> The Creeper's growls were apparently made by having Breck, the, the actor for uh -huh. the Creeper, do a low and rough growl. And then they edited in a deformed, uh, like, inhaling sound and then took a hyena noise and kind of oh. overlay that. So okay. There was actually information on how they achieved this. I was so hey, happy. Hey, way to go. Uh, Trish begins begging for the Creeper to take her instead. Mm -hmm. Like She starts pleading for it. The scene goes on for way too long. Like every scene, it goes just past where it should end. Where it should. Um, according to IMB, IMDb... Uh-oh. Yeah, there are two in this movie. In the beginning of this movie, Trish has green eyes, but by the end, her eyes are brown. Okay. This was apparently done to show that she has become more like Derry over the events of the movie, and that by the end of it, they aren't as different as we saw at the beginning of the movie. That's stupid. It's incredibly stupid. That I hate this movie. <laughs> it's like, like I, I get artistic designs and decisions and stuff, but yeah. eyes don't do that. And also, that's just stupid. Whatever. Um, eyes can change color over years, but like not over the course of a day and a half. Right. Yes. <laughs> because your brother got eaten by a yeah. monster. Um, and they've done nothing to become closer as siblings. Like, yeah, that's no. the biggest thing to me. It's like. I mean, yeah, trauma and and duress like this can bring people closer. Mm -hmm. But we don't see that. Like, they are still bickering. Even, yeah. like, as of, like, when they were driving the creeper over. When they were yeah, in the car. Yeah. They're just constantly bickering. They're not getting... Ugh, whatever. Um, but finally, the creeper flies out the window with Derry in tow. And um, Trish is suddenly on the ground floor chasing after them. She's running out in the yard, and uh, we learned that it only wanted dairy, which is also why it killed all those cops. So I guess the monster says, hey, cab. Yeah. Another bingo, bingo stamp on yeah. our bingo card there. Because, yeah, other than other than the inmate, this monster has, is singling out dairy, but has no issues killing cops. Mm -hmm. So take that for what it is. Because it's like, I mean, it even throws Jez and Trish away. away. Yeah. So, whatever. Um, the next day, it's Trish... It's like, like the director thought he had to ramp up the body count or something. I Probably. It's like, we can't have a monster. You only wants one person. I don't know. Uh, the next day, Trish's parents arrive, and she asks Jez if her dreams are ever wrong. Like, you need to answer mm -hmm. this question. And the, Jez just kind of responds again in kind of a half-assed way. She's like, I'm just a crazy old woman. Like, then why are you... Whatever. Why are you in this movie? Yeah. And Trish heads out of the, the building and sees a crow because of symbolism or something. 
Something. And the crow flies to some sort of abandoned factory of some kind, and as it pans through some certain, like, abandoned rooms, we can hear Derry screaming from within. And as this happens, we slowly hear the Jeepers Creepers song fading in, and then, oh, we see Derry's, like, skin or something. What was going on here? I don't know. Would it, like... I under, could understand if it just like ate the eyes out of his head or something, or plucked him out or whatever. Right. But it's like, but you can see through the back of his head. Yeah. So the yeah, because the final shot, which admittedly is a cool shot, uh-huh. like it's supposed to show that he took its eye, which I think would have been a lot better if you didn't know that that's what was going on. But like, if if all of a sudden we just saw the monster show up, like in behind Derry's head, looking through the eye hole with right, Derry's yeah. eyes, it's like, oh shit, that would have been such a cool drop. But. Um, and so it is a cool scene. It's a cool shot. It's the fucking poster of the movie. Yeah. But, really. um, but you're right. Like Derry is screaming. So he's clearly alive. It cuts out pretty shortly before we see him. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's just the front half of his body. Skin. Yeah. 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 Um, the internet says that it's just a hole in the back of his head. Why? I don't know. So the creeper could make that really cool look. Basically, yeah, that it's essentially it. it's just so creepy stuff can happen, yep. just like everything else in this movie. Yeah, and honestly, like I know they were really trying to push that that the creeper might want Trish, like they wanted to push uh-huh. that that question. But how much better would this movie have been if Trish wore glasses? Yeah, really, something like just, if she yeah. wore glasses throughout the entire movie, and when we get that final drop, like oh, the creeper wants those eyes, and then you watch back and you see that its eyes are clouded the rest of the movie, right? Like, yeah, shit, that was I a really cool twist. Honestly, did not notice that its eyes were clouded. See, but if, uh, and and I did because I remembered right. But, well, I just I just did, but like exactly though, like and if Trish wore glasses, if she had some indication that she had an Im- impediment on her vision in any way, mm-hmm. it would have made this movie instantly better. Yeah. Also remove Jazz as a character. But um, I guess at the beginning of the movie, there's a very, very, like, blink and you'll miss it or, you know, scene where Jez, where uh, where Trish is where it has reading glasses. Okay. So that's supposed so? to... Yeah, right? It's, <laughs> no, that's we, not we, a good... It's not... No, that's not seeding anything. That's stupid. Yeah. Um, and I guess also the original script had a much more action-packed ending with Derry ending up driving the Creeper's truck into an oncoming train. Okay. Yeah, like, there was supposed to be this big fiery explosion and everything, but uh, Salva had to cut it out due to having, like, a one million of his funding Oofa. fall through. <laughs> That's not enough money for a train. Nope. Um, and that was Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, it's... I'm sorry, it's not a good movie. And, like, I know this movie has a... The series has a pretty decent fan base, like... when it When it first came out, it was a box office smash. Uh-huh. Like, it killed. It uh, it broke the record for the highest grossing Labor Day weekend movie. Like, it was huge. And it's only... The record has only been broken by its subsequent sequels. Jeez. So, no, it does have a good... It has a following. And I can see why. There are a lot of elements in this movie that I think are really good and I enjoy. I can't enjoy them to the fullest because I can't separate the yeah. director from them. And there are just too many problems. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I just, I'm sorry. I can't, I don't, I don't, I don't much care for it. Um, I don't remember enough of the second one to comment. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to cover those, the second and third events eventually. Oh, good. <laughs> but. Something to look forward to. Yep. <laughs> uh, any last 
Thoughts, Chris? I had a bad time with this I in uh, just like <laughs> a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, you're, yeah, whenever I read your notes, it's always very telling. Because <laughs> they're, they're usually very short, concise. And <laughs> the more you hate the movie, the worse they are. Yeah. The more concise and, and just not caring they are. But um, So anyway, uh, I guess let's head on over to the crunch. I just feel the need to be getting a little of you, a lot of bloodletting. I know the sensation you're probably dreading, but cutting you up will be so refreshing for me. Refreshing for me. Yeah. Uh, so welcome back to Creature Crunch, in case you went somewhere. We went somewhere. We didn't, didn't go anywhere. No, we didn't. We, we didn't go we anywhere. We moved. sat here. We haven't moved. Um, Don't lie to the people. To whoever I want. So we got a, a creature here that I made. I uh, made this creature. I called him the Blind Stalker. It was very hard for me not to just call him the Creeper. Yeah, creepy man. Um, but I, I named him the Blind Stalker, uh, and I based that like the blind par- portion directly off of obviously the movie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he's a medium fiend. He's a demon because Jez calls him a demon or a devil. And I figure he was a lot, little bit more chaotic than lawful. <laughs> so, sure thing. Uh, he's chaotic evil. He's got an AC of 13. Uh, his challenge rating, I put him at a 6. Uh, his AC at 13 is a little low for a challenge rating 6 monster, but I think it makes up for it in the rest of the stuff here. Okay. Average hit points of 169. Nice. Uh, he's got a speed of 30 feet and a fly speed of 60 feet. Yep, I made that higher fast. because... Yeah, because Derry mentions, like, oh, yeah. how do you get, so, get back and forth so fast? Um, his attributes, I almost wanted to put a little lower than I did, but for a challenge rating six creature, I decided to pump him up a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. he's got some decent strength at 16. I mean, we see him, we saw evidence of him prying open a jail cell. Right. Uh, 16 in dexterity. I mean, he jumped over the car, I guess. He does cool flips. Yep. Uh, I gave him an 18 in constitution because he just doesn't die, even though he's been run over a bunch. Um, 10 in intelligence. He does not exhibit any level of smarts. 16 in wisdom because there's a, ve- there's a very big, heavy, like, he's sensing things around him. But uh, you'll see what I did with that. Okay. Uh, 6 in charisma because he ugly. It's true. <laughs> uh, he's kind of a humanoid-esque creature, so he does have saving throws, dexterity, and constitution. Um, I gave him uh, his proficiency in acrobatics and perception. He's got damage resistances to cold, fire, and lightning, which are the standard demon Mm -hmm. resistances. Immunities to poison, same thing. Uh, I gave him a blind sight of 60 feet because he's smelling, and that's kind of what blind sight kind of... Blind sight in D&D is any sense other than sight. Yeah. So I gave him a blind sight of 60 feet, passive perception of 13. He doesn't know any languages, although I guess in a cut scene from the movie he is supposed to speak one line, but... We don't okay. see it in the movie, so I, I didn't give him any languages. Uh, and now his traits. I gave him the blind trait. Wow. Yep. The blind stalker automatically fails any perception check that relies on sight. Done. Uh, but he also has heightened senses. The blind stalker has advantage on any perception checks that rely on spell. Okay. Um, and then I gave him a couple uh, a couple of traits that harken back to our uh, our swamp heap. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, the smell of fear. The blind stalker automatically succeeds on any perception check to made to detect a creature with the frightened condition. Okay. This overrides its blind trait. Okay. Um, and then I gave him prey on fear. The blind stalker has advantage on any attack roll made against a target that has the frightened condition. All right. 
And then for his actions, uh, he's got multi-attack. He can use its intimidation ability and then makes two claw attacks. If it has a creature grappled, it can replace one of those claw attacks for a bite attack. So it's claw attack. Uh, Actually, I'm going to cover the intimidation. So uh, intimidation, the stalker chooses up to five creatures within 60 feet of it. Uh, Each must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or become frightened by the stalker until the end of the stalker's next turn. Okay, well. Pretty simple. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to do one where it was like they are immune to it. Yeah, because that really would nerf that guy. Yeah, it would completely shut him down. But that's also why it doesn't last more than just one round. Right, right. And because he's doing this every turn. So, But that will... Uh, kind of have him change targets to a degree. I mean, I know we don't, that kind of is the opposite of what we see in the movie, but right. I think for purposes of D&D, that makes it a little okay. bit more interesting. Um, but then his marquee stuff, his claw, uh, plus six to hit, uh, one target. It does an average of 17 damage, 2d12 plus three slashing. And if the car- target is a uh, creature that is medium or smaller, it must... Uh, it becomes grappled with an escape DC of 15. He just grabs them. That's it. Then his bite attack. Uh, this is a melee weapon attack, plus six to hit. Uh, does an average of 24 damage, which is six D6 plus three piercing. And if the target is, creature, is a creature, it must make a DC 15 constitution saving throw. On a failure, the stalker can do one of the following. Okay. The stalker chooses a sense that the target has. The target immediately loses access to that sense, and the stalker gains it. This loss lasts until the target receives magical healing or finishes a long rest. Wow. So, just straight up. Um, or, the stalker chooses a feature or a trait that the target has. The target immediately loses access to that feature or trait, and the stalker gains it. This lasts until uh, the target receives magical healing or finishes a long rest. Uh, third option is the stalker chooses an attribute. The target score in that attribute becomes 10, unless it was already lower than 10. Mm-hmm. And the stalker score become, uh, in that attribute becomes the previous score that the target had in that attribute, unless the stalker score was already higher. Again, this change remains until the creature receives magical healing or finishes a long rest. And then finally, the stalker reduces the target's hit point maximum by the damage done, and it regains that many hit points. The target dies if this reduction reduces it to zero hit points. The target's hit point maximum resets after it receives magical healing or when it finishes a long rest. All right, then. So. Dang. Yep. Um, That last one, like, now that I'm really looking at it, like, 24 uh, damage off the top of your health might be a little bit high. In fact, pretty significant. I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that right now. Okay. By half the damage done. Okay. Because otherwise, like, I mean, a challenge rating six creature, like, that's going to just destroy a party. But Yeah. Um, or he could, like, learn how to look at things. <laughs> he can look at, he can learn how to see better. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when I was originally statting him out, I was going to do it as a trait where, like, if he consumes a creature, he does the same thing. But I started thinking, I was like, that is way too much for a DM to handle. Yeah. Like, I decided to D&D up this a lot more. No, and I think that, that this works a lot better. Yeah, that works. So... I don't blame you there at all. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. So, uh, so that's my blind stalker. What okay. Do you, what do you think? I think he is just fine for what he does. Cool, cool. All He's right. Better than the movie that he was in. <laughs> low bar. Uh, well, don't trip on it. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. We just didn't like it. Uh, 
<laughs> this is another quit <laughs> quit suggesting two, early 2000s movies for us to watch. No, um, anyway. Um, well, with that, Chris, uh, yeah. you were rapidly melting. Let's wrap this I'm up. I'm dying over here, Matt. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> what are we watching uh, in two weeks? Uh, we are going to be watching Annihilation. Oh, cool. That's a good one. I'm going to continue my streak of picking really fucking good movies. <laughs> to counteract the ones yeah, that we're picking. Yeah, because one of us has to pull our weight around here. <laughs> That's fair. Well, cool, cool. Join us for some Demon Bear and Natalie Portman. Yeah. and uh, All sorts of weird shit. All kinds of weird psycho shit. Um, with that, uh, thank you so much for listening. We do really appreciate it. Uh, Even as I rapidly decompose over on the side of the microphone. I'm oh, very tired. You're very tired. Well, it's almost dinner time, too. It, we need to yeah. get some food. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, though. Uh, please do consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, $5 a month gets you the Swamp Heap level. Uh, bonus Critter Kibbles episodes for extra D&D content, plus uh, early access to our Comics Crunch episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't support us there, $1 a month will get you the Fur Buddy level, which is just to, you know, just support us, help us recoup the costs of... Uh, well, I mean, not this week. Not but this movie. <laughs> renting, renting, or buying the movies on Amazon, uh, or wherever else we need to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can find the stat blocks. There's description uh, links in the description, um, and you can also find us. Uh, our links are in the description as well. Yep. Do you want? Do you? Do you really? Do you want to do? The, like, Chris, I, where, where can we find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr for the time being at the Library C. That's C E. Uh, this is going up in December, I believe. So maybe Twitter will not be an ongoing concern at that point. Is this really? Oh my God! It is December, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Because Tumblr is rapidly becoming just a fucking dumpster fire. I mean, Twitter. <laughs> Whatever the place, <laughs> the stuff, and the man who hates everything. The bad man. The bad, the bad musk man. <laughs> the bad musky man. Um, yeah, uh, I guess for the time being, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Danny underscore Hamsteak. Although lately I have been streaming a lot more on Twitch. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find me there, Danny underscore Hamsteak as well. I'd love to see you from there uh, or on my YouTube. Uh, same thing, Danny underscore Hamsteak. Uh, and with that, we will see you in two weeks for some Annihilator. What do you-